You know, there are many ways to win a basketball game. Some are with fluidity, some are with finesse, some are with power, some are rebounding, and, and some are assists, some are with ball movement. Tonight, Matthew, I got to say, this is one of those games that the Suns won purely with grit because it really felt like this was a choppy game. And by the fourth quarter, when the Suns are up by 21 points, you kind yeah. of had to question yourself, how did we get here to tonight? <laughs> yeah, I know. It was kind of like last night. I was like, how do we get there when we lost? You know, how how are the Wolves still hanging on? How are they still there? Last night, that was the question. Tonight, what should have happened last night happened tonight? And that might have been confusing for all of y'all, but what should have happened last night should happen tonight. So, uh, yeah, I mean, sons win. You, sons. Good job, sons. You made us happy tonight. We can relax and enjoy Friday night, right? This is true. This is true because it didn't feel like it was going to go that route in this game. Monty Williams gets ejected for the first time in his Phoenix Suns career. Devin Booker is chipping and and jarring with the refs once again. He gets another technical, his ninth on the year, which is tied for second in the NBA with Dwight Howard. And I forget the other guy. Um, So it's really (laughs) just kind of interesting to see how Ultimately, this team was steadied by the hand of Chris Paul and Phoenix prevailed over the worst team in the NBA. We'll look back on these two games against the Timberwolves, and I don't know how we're really going to respond to them. What did we learn? What did we, you know, and I guess that'll be the first question I ask you on the other side of our, our intro is, what did we learn? What are our takeaways from these two games against the Minnesota Timberwolves? So don't answer that yet, Matthew. I know you're eager. I see you chomping not, at the bit just, there. No, I was burping. That was a little burp. Uh, <laughs> a little, just a little <laughs> micro burp there. Yeah, good micro way burp. The show, a little micro burp and such. <laughs> uh, but we'll all ask you that on the other side of the show. But before I do so, I first and foremost would like to welcome everybody to the Suns Jam Session podcast. I'm John. I'm the J in Jam, and Matthew. He's Matthew. He's the M in Jam, and we're excited that you're joining us for another edition of our podcast. Whether you're listening on the Bright Side of the Sun podcast network or you're watching along live on facebook twitter or youtube wherever you are thank you it's been a wild ride these past couple days and you know now it's time to kind of break down what we saw as we look forward to sunday when the suns play the lakers so again if you're watching along live with us go ahead subscribe we're getting ever so close almost at 900 almost at 900 subscribers we've come a long way since we started actually doing the video version of our podcast this past november uh when the sun's season began um so subscribe. We appreciate it. Hit the thumbs up button. We yes. appreciate it. If you're listening along on the Bright Side of the Sun podcast network, please subscribe, rate, and review. If you're listening to this while you're taking a shit, just take the time. It doesn't take yeah. that long. Take that 30-minute shit and sit down. Yeah, and, and just do it. Stay, you know, like, stay seated when you take that shit. Yeah, don't, don't stand this. up. Don't stand up. Take that. I always side. wonder that. Like, I've had friends who play in fantasy football. <laughs> and they always complain. They're like, listen, I don't have the time to set my lineup, John. I just can't be that engaged in this league. I'm like, do you ever shit? <laughs> it takes five seconds to pick up a not shitty enough running time for back. That either. Not enough time for that either, I guess. You know, they're just not good enough friends. Kick them I out. I guess not. Kick yeah. them out of the league. Out of they the don't league. deserve it. <laughs> for real, though. That's just it's ridiculous. So, uh, But I think I'm going to pop something open. It's going to oh, be I got nice. too. Pop it open, Matthew. Oh, you hydrated tonight? I'm actually going to drink one. Good. I'm just one one of us is carrying on the tradition of drinking during the podcast. Uh, (laughs) I work again tomorrow and I work outside and it's warm and I'm running around. So, got to hydrate. So, hungover. Hell no. So, you you, you don't hang over. You pop that open. We'll pop this bad boy. Here we go. (laughs) Drink them if you got them, Suns fans. Let's talk about this victory over the Minnesota Timberwolves. 
second game of a back-to-back against the Minnesota Timberwolves finds the Phoenix Suns ultimately walking away with a victory in their pocket, Matthew, as they beat the Timberwolves by a score of 113 to 101. So again, yeah. I kind of talked about it on the front end of the the podcast, but what are your takeaways from this game, from this little series that we had against the Minnesota Timberwolves? Well, I thought I learned a lot. And so Coda Kids just said that he takes 40-minute dookies. So that's the that's the one thing I'm going to take away from tonight in the Suns' victory is that one thing. It's, um, it's impressive. <laughs> Way to go, Coda Kid. Yeah. You're a champ. Yeah, you have what numb I, legs. <laughs> what I learned is this game was kind of like an, an insanity kind of game for the Suns. There was a lot of the same stuff coming back to haunt them. DeAndre Ayton getting in foul trouble, which was just, you know, a naughty, naughty thing for DeAndre Ayton to do. You know, I... I we can we'll talk about the rest later, but mm-hmm. I, I think that we learned that there's still a lot of growing for this team, uh, especially Booker when it's in situations where your coach is already kicked out of the game to keep your head level and just not get that technical foul. Maybe it's something Booker just needs to get his game going is a technical foul. So I'll probably just leave that alone because we knew it was all coming. So I learned that that's just never going to change. But we have Chris Paul, and I am thankful for Chris Paul. Even Amen. when he gets hit in the head, he still he still stays level headed. And that's what I learned from tonight. That is one thing that he will do is just stay level-headed, keep his focus on his players, keep his focus on the ball, not not touching the ball when the ref throws it to him to save some time to get his guys lined up because he's focused on the game plan. And he will never let anything throw that off. So that's what I, I enjoyed watching that tonight. Chris Paul yeah. doing that. Uh, yeah, his, his leadership, again, shines through, especially in these trying and turbulent times for the Suns, because these are things we've seen in, before for Phoenix. And I tweeted it out during the game about how I remember when the Suns were just getting consistently raped by the referees during the year Igor Kokoshkov season, when you had DeAndre Ayton as a rookie and, uh, you know, they just they couldn't get the calls. And mm-hmm. I remember Burns and Gambo having a bet on the air that, you know, Kokoshkov would get a technical foul within like the next five games. And they did one of their lunch bets. Yes, and Gambo was like, he's like, he's going to, he's got to like, they're getting so screwed. And he just is, would be sitting on the sideline, arms crossed, just kind of looking puzzled yep. at the Crotch referees. Out. Yeah. And it was just, it was almost embarrassing. I would pray that he would just get a technical foul to show his team. Like, you know, I care. I, I see that you're getting screwed and I care mm-hmm. enough to go ahead and risk a little bit of my hide and some of my cash. And I'm going to put myself out there. And he never did it. And it was so frustrating. And tonight was another one of those games where, uh, and two in a row against Minnesota. And I think that uh, in in a long way to answer my own question that I asked you, what am I going to take away from these two games? I don't know. Because a lot of these are going to be tainted by the refereeing of these games. I don't like to blame the refs. I've said that time and time again. But every now and then, it's just like, there becomes this personal vendetta with the egos of some of these referees against players mm-hmm. in the NBA. We're not the only team that this happens to. I've told people before, I think I was, I was actually on the Valley podcast and I was talking about how there's no system in place meant for actually training referees to be successful. It's run by old ex referees. They're like, listen, here's what you're going to do. You're going to blow a whistle. And no matter what you are infallible, my friend. And he's like, yep. you mean I can make a wrong call and nobody will get mad. It's like, Oh, the fans will get mad, but if they review anything, like you still are going to just stick with your original call. And that's kind of how this game and the last game really kind of felt at, at in moments. And Monty had enough of it. And it was nice to see him not only get fired up, yell enough to get teed up, teed up again and thrown out of the game, but then go back for some more. He's like, you know what? I'm going to just, I'm going to let the, and this is Monty Williams we're talking about, Matthew. 
This is Monty Williams. He's calm, cool, collected, the very easygoing demeanor, very precise in his words. I would have loved to hear what he said. Man, the one thing oh, – me too. Not, not the one thing, but one thing I am very disappointed with uh, the coaches having to wear masks is you can't read their lips. Yeah, the lip reading and also the fans sitting close can't really hear what they're saying. But, I mean, so Cat and Edwards, they both had 40 points last night, right? Yeah. The rest tonight, 38 fouls called. So, basically, Cat going into this game, he's like, we have to be two times or something better going into this game if we're going to beat the Suns again. But the rest are like, no, hold on. We're going to be two times worse tonight to where Matthew, myself... I never get really that upset about the refing, but for both teams, it was just garbage. It was trash. It was the worst thing I've seen. When Monty got that tech, I was like, I was behind him on that one. I was getting up from my couch, creeping to the TV to see that exchange between him and the refs. Don't cut to the commercials because I want to see this because it's going to be worth it. Yeah, you can <laughs> see Chris Paul looking over, egging him on just from behind, just staring down the back of his neck to Monty, just giving him that extra energy to get kicked out of the game because it was needed. It didn't change anything, really. The Suns did go on a nice little run, but the rest still sucked the rest of the game, you know? They were still going to call their terrible game. Even I thought they even missed a lot of calls. The calls I thought they should have called, they didn't call. The, the stupid little fouls that they called were, you know, they were unexplainable to me in a way. So it was nice for the rest to show up and almost call 40 fouls. I mean, that's great. That's why I, I watch basketball because I want to watch the referees with their little tight outfits running around with their little <laughs> stupid whistles, Woo. blowing them whenever they can. It just It's the dumbest thing, and it needs to change. I know we're not the only podcast talking about this. Every no. podcast, mainstream pods, go off about refs at least once a week. Yeah. So that that has to be looked at, and for some reason, we're still in 20. 21 right the year 2021 and we're still looking forward to the next off season where the refs and the front offices and the league itself can actually fix what is going on and what is destroying the game from being great because it's already great we got stars we got the best players on the planet right now it's never been better in a long time so why have the refs step in the way to trip these guys up whenever you know it's a good game there's a good flow so that's one thing that needs to be fixed. And who knows if it will be. There might be a little tweak here and there, but there's always going to be issues. So it's, that's the frustrating part. No, I, I agree. And it's tough because it's human error. Like, how do you truly perfect that? You really can't. I think a lot of the national pundits are really complaining about the pace of play in the game and how the last minute of a game can take up to 19 minutes like it did against uh, the, the Knicks and the Nets last week. I mean, there's a lot of things that need to be perfected. And this obviously isn't anything new to Suns fans. This happens to us, and I'm sure it happens to every fan base all the time where you feel like you never get the calls. You feel like it's you against the refs and the opposition. And it's interesting because I have some friends who are actually Minnesota fans on Twitter, and you read their Twitter feeds, and they're even in the same boat. They're like, wow, that's that wasn't a call. And like when DeAndre, yeah. for example, got his fourth foul with like a minute into the third quarter, it was wow. like – and all he did was put his hands up and cap created the contact yeah. and went around him and it was a foul. And it's just like, it, it's, it gets ridiculous. And I think again, that's my takeaway from these two games. There's not much I can take away. I'm not going to sit back and go, you know what? I really learned about the Suns during this time frame because of X, Y, Z. I learned this about Aiton. I learned this about Bridges. I learned this about Paul. I didn't learn really anything because I don't think the Suns were necessarily allowed to. It was a very choppy and sloppy set of games. The Suns lose one. The Suns win one. Let's put these in our pocket and keep on walking towards the playoffs and play the Lakers on uh, on Sunday.
Yeah, I mean, it was a trick question then by you, right? Asking me what I learned. It really, it is nothing. Because even the adjustments from game one to game two against Minnesota, you even heard them say, like, there's not going to be a whole lot. I mean, there's nothing. These two guys before just went off. There's nothing we can really do. Carl Anthony Towns is going to put up stats. He's going to do what he does every night. And he's definitely improved. I know he's had some 30-point games earlier in the season when he came back. But you can just tell his body language, everything on the court, he's he's ready to go. He's ready to actually play these games. So the adjustments weren't really made by Monty, but it, it's just like they're trying to get through these games, like the last game where I think they just try to get that win, you know, just try to sneak it by and they couldn't. Same thing in this game, but um, Chris Paul just had to take over, this time in the third quarter instead of waiting until the fourth. Yeah, and again, even when Monty got ejected, the Suns ultimately went on a 14-0 run at one point, and it seemed like everything was kind of going in their favor. And then, you know, they kind yeah. of uh, they they let him back in. The refs kind of helped along the way. And to your point, Chris Paul was an absolute man tonight. I mean, thir- eleven of his of the Suns' 19 points in the third quarter, a quarter in which we didn't score our first points until 7:26. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it just goes to show you that. His will is so powerful and such a, a vital part of this team's success moving forward that you need to appreciate what you're watching when you see him. And then he gets his rest. Him and Booker played the entire third quarter. I don't know if you saw that, but yeah, like Coach Willie Green, I don't know if he remembered that he could sub players out. He's like, oh shit, like oh shit, I got to do something. It's, yeah, it's the fourth <laughs> quarter already. Uh, uh, Booker, Paul, take a seat, and then Langston yeah. Galloway comes in and, and lights it up. But it was like a thing that EJ said last game where it's like you let these guys hang around and then in the fourth quarter they might beat you. And that's why in the third quarter Chris Paul stepped up. Uh, you know, the rest of the team did, but they were left in, I think, just to kind of get him away. Of course, DeAndre didn't even play at all, but you had to have Chris Paul go in there and make a difference. And he did because you don't want it to be like last night's game where it's the fourth quarter and you're trying to put him away still, trying to get that blowout win that they kept trying to search for last night. Mm-hmm. And tonight they just they did that. And it's just because I think on purpose they left him in the game to try to put him away plus i mean the bench if you want to get to the bench i think they played very very well langston galloway was just phenomenal tonight and i was going to ask you too langston galloway like he he misses games dnps he's he is taken away his minutes are taken away from him but what has he really done ever to have those minutes taken away just like you know da was benched in the fourth because the analytics or whatever but what is Langston Galloway doing to not have those minutes when he's playing he's usually fantastic maybe two games this year he didn't really show up but why can't he get minutes like this always in the future why because we've always as Suns fans really wanted him to you know get going and stay in the lineup for 20 minutes maybe you know a night 17 to 20 minutes well what did I say in the offseason that the Suns was one of their vital needs was Solid backup play to Devin Booker, somebody who can keep the offense rolling when D book sat down at the two guard position. Cause last year, although in the bubble, we really enjoyed watching Javon Carter and Cameron Payne play together from a defensive intensity standpoint, neither were necessarily going to be relied on for consistent scoring for an entire season. Okay. I mean, maybe for an eight game stint in Orlando, it makes sense. And then we got Langston Galloway. I know we had an interview with uh, our buddy from, uh, I forget his name. He's such a great buddy. I forget his name. Uh, but uh, from <laughs> Detroit Ballers. Yeah, and, yeah, and, he, and he talked about how Langston Galloway is just a consummate professional, how he's a fire starter, how he's got a great shoe collection, and just what a great pickup he was for the Suns. And then every time we've seen him play, 
we're amazed by his versatility as a score. He's not just your Eddie House type of shooter who has a quick release and can pour in points real quick. He can dribble. He can uh, hit the the mid-range shot. He had a great pass to Mikhail Bridges on a fast break that led to a dunk this evening. I mean, it was really impressive to see him play in the manner that he does. And I I'm just I'm right along with you with a lot of other Suns fans. What does Langston Galloway have to do to become a part of this rotation? I know that when the playoffs come, he might not necessarily be one of our top eight or nine players who's constantly in the rotation. But the journey to get there, it seems like having a flamethrower like him come and spell Devin Booker does nothing but positive things for the team. So I don't know what he's necessarily done. I don't know if it's Monty Williams trying to adjust his lineups or try to, you know, experiment with his, his toys, if you will, and kind of try to, you know, go, okay, well, this is the right lever to pull at this time. Cause remember the Detroit game, the one where we're up 23 and then we ended up losing Langston Galloway had like 14 points in the first half. And then he played like two <laughs> minutes in the second half. Like I just yeah. don't understand it. <clears throat> No, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. And he's like a sneaky, annoying guy to the other, I think, opposing defense offense. He's just, he's a guy that will get those good rebounds. Like he'll get you like one or two sneaky rebounds underneath the rim. And I love that about him because, like you said, his versatility, it's not endless in a way, but it's just like we see more and more and more. The more minutes he gets, it makes sense. The more minutes he's playing, we're going to see more from him. So why, why do we not see more of it? Because, like you said, like he has a pump fake three. Then he dribbles it up and does a little floater thing, you know, a little floater shot. He's so confident. If you watch the replay of how intense that move is to where he'll get up and the look on his face and the aggression, like it's just, it's so much for him to do that on the court, but he's just such a pro at it. And he's just, he does this thing where I trust him more than a lot of the guys on the, on the bench. I just do too. anything he does. He doesn't really have those plays like Nader. I think Nader uh he he has a lot of like mistakes on the court but he still gets a lot of minutes but Galloway is just so opposite i just i never see anything that he does that just frustrates me ever and if he misses a 3 i get pissed but <laughs> i'm just joking but he's going to have those <laughs> or injuries, you see like, them going in <laughs> yeah he goes but like he'll go over 2 and then it's just like oh no more galloway galloway's he he's done for the night it's like really he goes 3 you know for 4 and he's done for I know. the night i don't get it exactly Kudos to Willie Green for pulling that trigger and, and using him the you know all night essentially. Uh, Pro Baller six hundred two in the chat says Cam Johnson is why. I don't necessarily agree with that because yeah. Cam Johnson doesn't come in and play the two guard. Essentially, you start to see that fluctuation where campaign comes in and he's playing alongside CP three and then CP and then Booker's out there with Etwan Moore. That's kind of the rotation that we've seen throughout the majority of the season. Now, granted, there's been some variations of that, but Langston Galloway. He needs to be that guy. He really does. He does. I mean, I he's I 14 points tonight. I mean, we'll just start with that. He had 14 mm -hmm. points on four for five from uh, downtown, five for six shooting, uh, three assists and two rebounds. And he led all of the bench scoring. And, and you know, you mentioned it, but the Phoenix Suns bench uh, ended up outscoring the Minnesota Timberwolves bench by 42 to 32. And the only reason the the bench for the Timberwolves had 32 points was the fourth quarter, they were, you know, they had some other bench guys in there who finally put up some stats. At one point, it was like 36 to 15. I mean, the, the bench really stepped up and stabilized this game in the at the end of the third, but most importantly, the beginning of the fourth when Chris Paul and Devin Booker both sat down. 
after yeah. Willie Green's like, oh man, these guys probably need to take a break. The bench comes in. They had a lineup essentially that had Langston Galloway and campaign with Frank Kaminsky, Mikhail Bridges, and Jay Crowder. That was the five. And in my opinion, that was the unit that played the best all around basketball of the evening because they were deflecting passes. They were forcing turnovers and they were hitting their shots. And they began the fourth quarter on 11, three run that pushed the sun's lead to 13. And from there it was ball game. Yeah, and you can see Drake Crowder, how he's just like that leader on the floor when the rest of the starting lineup's not there. He'll be the guy where everyone looks to kind of like to move things around and kind of just be the glue like he is in the starting lineup. So it's a perfect place for him to be when you have the backup unit in him. I love it. And like you had him in replacing Dario Sarge. Dario Sarge has to play so many minutes now because of DA's last two two games. But Sarge had like an off night. I mean, he he he's he's like out of place. There's something missing in his game. He's not playing like the point Dario we used to see where he's at the top of the key, you know, handling the ball. He's like in different spots on the floor. And it probably doesn't make a lot of sense, but he's just, he's in like a, an awful weird place on the, on the court offensively and nothing's working out for him. I don't know if he's just tired, exhausted from all the minutes he's been playing and the attention he's getting, but I mean, 23 minutes tonight and just two points. So you had to have other guys step up. And that's why I think usually when you look at the box score and you look at the bench points, you're, you're going to see Dario stands out as our leader, but it wasn't tonight. So that's why, why it's, it was closer at 42 to 32 and then you had to have Galloway add what he did in order for us to even get the win and like take the leap and you know just um just take the take over the game. Well, but I mean <laughs> Dario Sorry. ultimately though you think about this, you know, again, I'm not taking much stock in these two games because they were weird odd games. DeAndre Ayton, for example, we'll do Ayton watch here momentarily for all of you who are anxiously waiting in the chat to hear us us do our takes on Ayton. But mm. due to his foul trouble, Dario Sarch played a lot of minutes in these two games. He outplayed Eight in relative to minutes tonight. He had 24. DeAndre Ayton had 18 due to his foul trouble. Okay. It's a bad matchup for him. Typically, he's playing the backup center and he has a little bit more uh, fluidity against somebody who has less athletic ability and less uh, uh, diminishing skill set or somebody who's just essentially not a starter, just like himself. Conversely, he was playing against Carl Anthony Towns tonight for the you know a lot of his matchups, and then for the second team unit, he just couldn't get his footing. He was stumbling, fumbling, bumbling. You know all those those mm -hmm. great uh, uh, I forget the guy's name, Chris Berman isms, if you will. He's stumbling, bumbling, fumbling, and the, that was kind of the whole Suns team for, th for through the first two and a half quarters. I felt like you know we, we talk about DeAndre Ayton and his inability to like catch a ball. That was like the whole team tonight, and Dario was one of them. Where you know they they just they couldn't. It's almost like everyone was playing nervous. So again, two points for Dario, probably, you know, the worst two games of his career back to back or not career, but a season back to back for sure, without a doubt. Yeah. Uh, but again, I'm not going to take much stock into it because he had to place such extended minutes in weird roles. I mean, he comes back from the halftime break. He's just sitting down, just get settled, you know, probably took a little sip of Gatorade and all of a sudden they're like, uh, you're in, by the way, DA just picked up his fourth <laughs> a minute in. He's like, oh, shit, yeah. I got to go out there and, and I have to try to guard Kyle Anthony Towns, who is a two time all star and, a you know, somebody who just two or three years ago, it's everybody hard. picked as if they yeah. will, if they could start a franchise and build around <laughs> one player, be Carl Anthony Towns. Like yeah. everybody's talking over these past two days, essentially about how, um, well, F it. Let's do let's it. do it. Watch 2021. The Suns and Suns fans. Such an odd and unique and weird relationship. Everybody's been talking over these past couple days, essentially about, you know, falling last night, how DeAndre Ayton is, you know, is trash and all this stuff. Like anytime the Suns lose, it's DeAndre Ayton's fault. 
and everybody's blaming essentially DeAndre Ayton for the fact that Carl uh, Anthony Towns absolutely went off last night. And I actually threw something on Twitter relative to that, uh, talking about, let's see if I can pull it up real quick while I'm talking. That's really uh, a skill that I need to, to master. Mm-hmm. Um, so I said, DA didn't give up 41 points, 10 rebounds, and eight assists to Carl Anthony Towns last night. He was on cat for a total of five minutes and 46 uh, seconds and gave up 13 points on f- four of eight shooting, three for five from deep. Was he outplayed by Cat? Definitely. The two-time All-Star had himself a night, and DA was in foul trouble. Don't get me wrong. These last two, eight, two games, DeAndre Ayton, in my opinion, has not played very well. He's allowing himself to get in foul trouble, although a lot of ticky-tacky fouls. I mean, there was that foul we we're talking about last night where he was reaching for the ball, and the refs called it on him when he was like going for a guard. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the one tonight, his fourth foul was really ticky-tacky, in my opinion. So I think that he didn't have the benefit of getting some calls and conversely, he didn't have the ability to get himself going necessarily. And he still has a hard time catching the ball. And he does all those negative things that we talk about, but we got to stop talking about this guy. Like he's not a top 10 center in the league. I honestly believe uh, we were talking about in our Slack chat channel today on bright side of the sun, how, not you know, th- there there's probably about 20 teams in the NBA who would probably want to start DA over their starters. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's a rough couple games, and then you have to go against Carl Anthony Towns, who is somebody who is coming into form after going through one of the roughest years a human being can have. And he and you have to remember, he's a two-time all-star. He's a tough son of a bitch to play and guard, and he put the pressure on DA, and guess what? Mm-hmm. DA's not as good as him yet. Okay, let's move on. Yeah, I mean, and he DA right now has a leeway of two to three weeks, really, getting adjusted to being a dad. Someone pointed in the chat, he's playing daddy basketball, and it's true. He is just like Papa to, Ricky last we year. We gave it to, yeah, Papa Ricky earned it. DA's earned it. So two weeks, okay, it's fine. But I understand both sides. You know, people want Cat, people want to trade DeAndre Aiden because, I mean, if he's not playing and you see guys like Cat who maybe we can trade for, I understand why they would want him over DeAndre Ayton right now, and then you know maybe risk the future, even though Cat is so young, we would still have him for a long time. It's not going to happen. It, it, I don't think it's going to happen. I think before we talked about this, I was like, there's no way that we would trade DeAndre Ayton for Cat. But, I mean, if that, that if that did happen, I think there's a lot of Suns fans, too, that wouldn't be too upset. I think that it's half and half still on DeAndre Ayton, but... I just, I don't know, we can talk about this over and over again and what he's doing on the court and what, how he's not producing. So I, I'll, I'll just keep saying it. he's just the missing piece. So if he's not on the court because of foul trouble, I'm not going to blame the rest for anybody. I think it's him. It's on him. Whatever he's doing on the court, he will own. And that's what I trust in him. He's going to own up to his own, you know, just his mistakes on the court, even if he thinks it's just the refs. He needs to learn to play better than that. Because when your situation is playing against these big guys, especially in the playoffs, you're gonna there's going to be a lot of fouls called. It's going to be mm-hmm. very, very rough. So you have to find ways around it. But this is what happened earlier in the season, and he found ways around it. So it's kind of like the insanity of this game where he just kind of just reversed himself in a way to where he's playing like he is in the beginning of the year. And that might be because of the kid. Uh, that that can be frustrating to, to watch. So I understand where all the Suns fans are coming from, but they do get frustrated with him. It is, of course. It is, it's kind of sucky. But, I mean, it's something we have to deal with, and we just have to, like, fight our way through. No matter how many times drunk Matthew might want to trade him, for DeAndre Drummond or DeAndre Drummond, Andre I, can't Drummond. Name. I can't even say his name right. No matter how many times I want to do that, I mean, it's just not going to happen this year. And, I, and I'm okay with DeAndre right now, but it is going to get, it's going to be up and down. It's just a bad relationship, John. The, this relationship is just you sitting there on the couch next to somebody, and there's just more and more things that drive you nuts about him, but you won't leave him or her. And you're just like, 
yeah, but they do this right, and I like this. What if what if I lose him and he goes and marries someone else more beautiful, whatever? Like that's that's what happens, and I think that's what we're in right now. It's just a really bad relationship with DeAndre in his third year in the NBA, where we got to figure out whether we're going to stick with him or not. And it's not just the Suns fans. I think the players in the Suns front office, they all think the same thing we are. So we're all in this together. Yeah, right? but the rest of the NBA fans think that well, the Suns fans are a joke as it pertains to DeAndre Ayton because he's not as horrible. Now, granted, we watch every possession. We overanalyze everything. But it's like Coda Kid says in the chat, and I say this over and over, DA yeah. is growing on a winning team. We're 27 and 13, okay? The sky isn't falling. Uh, uh, we're not burning to the ground. This isn't us getting blown out by 20 every night. We just so happen to have a good shooting night. We beat a team by two points. We're winning. We won easily tonight in the second half. It was a really you know choppy, shitty game, and the Suns found a way to win because they are a very good and versatile team. They did it without DeAndre Ayton tonight. They almost won last night without DeAndre Ayton tonight. Yeah. So, I mean, they're that good of a team, and he's going to continue to grow. And I just... It's always going to be a point, uh, a topic of discussion. It is the burning point for all Suns mm-hmm. fans. That's why we have eight and watch here on the Suns Jam Session podcast. Is because everybody's always watching DeAndre Ayton. You know, you talk about last night. Anthony Edwards scored at what 41, 42 points. No yeah. one was talking about Mikael Bridges and CP3 getting toasted last night. Everyone's like, man, DA had six fouls and Carl Anthony Towns, mm-hmm. a two-time All Star, went eight shit. God, he's horrible. It's just like, but the I difference. Just, there's there's the, a different. The, sorry. Go ahead. I thought you no, there's a difference between Mikhail and, and uh, Mikhail is grasping things. He's continuing to build his, so his DA. He yeah, DA is, but there's a lot of regression, I feel like, with DA during the season. There is, and it might be just him playing with CP3, but I can see why people don't get mad at Mikhail because he's improving so much in year three. There's nothing expected. He's he's a later round pick. He wasn't the first overall pick. So that is the main reason that everyone gets on him. But then you also do hear like Bill Simmons and Ryan Rosillo. Bill Simmons slipped in the cat for uh, DeAndre in trade, you know, so, and then Rosillo's watching DeAndre and not impressed. A lot of people on these pods are not impressed. Of course, they're not going to be. But I mean, these are the things we have to be frustrated with the rest of the season. And it does suck. And I'm looking forward to it because it's a good, good, good talking point for this podcast. Well, and, and also that's part of being a fan. No, we're, we'll never be satisfied. This team could win by 50 points every night. And we'll be like, dude, that one guy on the bench, man, he missed three shots. What the fuck, man? I mean, that's yeah. just, that's part of fandom. It's being fanatical. It's being fantastic. So there you go. Ladies and gentlemen, there is your eight and watch for this March 19th, 2021. Rerun. These are just reruns by now, right? <laughs> <laughs> eight watches? Seriously. Uh, just go back and watch the last five of them. Um, yeah. I just saw this tweeted by Kellen Olson, uh, the post, game for Devin Booker look how he's dressed man he yeah. is just he is he's like he looks like he's, he's in the men in black you know he's, he's men in black him, right? dude no oh. he's he's agent Booker agent B I mean he's just that's a guy yeah. who got who gets pissed man uh, uh Devin Booker you look at his performance uh tonight against the Timberwolves against Carl Anthony Towns one of his good buddies uh six for 18 for 16 points it wasn't the greatest Booker performance, seven rebounds and five assists. So he did have kind of a full box score, uh, five turnovers, three of which came in that first quarter. I mean, that first quarter was choppy again for the Phoenix Suns. They ended essentially with 34 points in that first quarter, but it was a little bit of a, a choppy affair, if you will. Uh, Devin Booker, you know, 36 points. He, he really, he was asked, he was called upon by Willie Green to carry this team and have some quality minutes in that third quarter. And he only scored one point. And that's a couple games in a row where Booker looks a little tired and he looks, you know, 
the one thing about the refs and the reason I bring it up and we all do is Devin Booker is almost like one of us out there when we're pissed off about the refs like Devin Booker is too. And he acts like we as fans would act if we're at the game. We'd be yelling and screaming at the refs. Booker's doing it for us on the court. Yeah, and do you feel like that's hurting him, though? I don't know if he needs that. The pissed-off Booker thing, was that ever really a thing? I know you used to bring that up, and we used to talk about it. Mm -hmm. But was that a thing where he'd get pissed off and play really good? No. I just Okay, so it never was a thing. No, he'd get pissed off and just shoot shitty shots. Exactly. So that's what we, the tension he has on the court, I think is it's hurting his game. And I think that's one thing he needs to learn from Chris Paul. It's just to slow things down. You know, it's, it's still the game, you know, no one's out there to like try to shank you or anything. I don't know. You know what I mean? He just asked yeah. someone's out there to kill him and it just, it doesn't have to be that way. I mean, Damian Lillard put it really good in a post game uh, news conference or news conference post game uh, interview on TNT where he was just talking about, how he just he works effortlessly, and that's what Booker does, and things you don't see behind the behind the scenes. But on the court, he just he knows that other players in the NBA they get this tension, they get this 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 nervousness towards the end of games, they get too much in their head. That's something that Dame doesn't do, and you can see why he's like the Mister Big Shot guy he is because he doesn't have that in his game. I think that's Booker needs to learn to let that tension slide and just be cool on the court. He's a cool yes. dude from watching him on Twitch. You know he's just a chill guy, I mean, right? Just look at that picture. Man. I know, he's exactly. Cool. So he needs to just relax. I mean, I'm not going to I'm not telling him what to do. I'm just saying I think that would really help his game though. And he he's won games for us of course this year. He really has. But yes. I think it's been in chill mode book. Whenever he gets really stressed out and pissed off, it's too much on him. Someone needs to give him like a back rub or something. <laughs> Maybe it can be Chris Paul. I don't know. I mean, I, again, you know, Chris, and and that's part of the learning process for Devin Booker. I mean, Chris Paul is somebody who was he was chippy and he was a little bit fiery tonight too, as he always is. Mm-hmm. And he, but he channeled that into productivity, and he wasn't necessarily trying to bait the referees into calls for you know because what happens to Booker is he'll go down. He'll get fouled. They won't call it. He'll get pissed. He'll get a tech. And then from there on, he's trying to, instead of focus on scoring the ball, he's trying to focus on baiting the refs into giving, giving him a call. And he allows yeah. himself to get more and more pissed off. It's like if he could just, after one of those plays, just hit one of those elbow jumpers and just like see the ball swish in, like that's when he could lock in and go into big dick book mode. But unfortunately, <laughs> he he allows himself to fall victim to the the whistles and the egos of the referees, and he doesn't always necessarily be it provides us with productive book. Uh, yeah. You know, you look you look at tonight, and Carl Anthony Towns had twenty four points right after having what forty two last night was forty two or forty one, but oh, they both scored over forty, yeah. so screw them that's both. A lot of, that's a lot of points, <laughs> you know, uh, and. Anthony Edwards had 11 points on four for 18 shootings. So he had a really off night. Devin Booker, the guy who carried the Suns last night with 35 points, had 16 points. So I think it's interesting that all three of the guys who really carried the load for their teams last night outside of Cat, because Cat had 24 points on nine for 12 shootings. So, I mean, that's that guy's just a beast, man. But uh, both Booker and uh, Anthony Edwards, I think they were tired from carrying their teams last night. They were. I think Edwards actually, this might be bad, but he didn't get a lot of calls this game. I thought he got fouled quite a bit and grabbed. Yeah. Last night, it was almost like the same kind of game when he came out in the first half, but he wasn't getting the calls, and but he was still very, very active on the offensive end. He's still a threat. I was still scared of him. Nothing was really going for him tonight, so I think that's just part of him learning the game, just figuring out what goes where, stuff like that, because honestly, I think the rest kind of 
you know, shorthanded them on a couple calls. And oh, for I mean, sure. they, already, they already threw out 40 fouls. <laughs> but I, those, those are calls I'm talking about. I'm like, oh, that should have been a foul. Oops, that should have been a foul. That's what I was thinking when he was going to the rim, but they just weren't calling it for him. But it was a rough night, but he still is just, uh, he's still a threat. You can see the promise there. I was excited to kind of watch him to see how he would adjust to the Suns, which didn't really have an adjustment against him. But just how well he would play the second night. I still thought he played pretty well. The points weren't there, but he's still there. He just made a few mistakes and just didn't get the calls. Yeah, he had a total of seven turnovers. I mean, so he had yeah. eleven points, ten rebounds, six assists, and seven turnovers. So, and and what's crazy is, you know, we talked about it last night on the podcast. We were wondering how Monty was going to change his rotations and how he was going to try to defend him, and he didn't yeah. change anything. I mean, it was essentially, I saw a lot of CP3 on him. I didn't see Bridges on him very much. Bridges was guarding McDaniels like the whole time. And I was like, okay, this is really interesting. And so we, the Suns really attacked the Timberwolves in the same manner, and they just weren't necessarily hitting the shots. I know they, they he was taking a bunch of threes last night. He only uh, shot eight threes. Well, only eight threes. That led the team. That led all shooters from, from three. But he was only three from eight tonight, and he just couldn't get himself in that offensive rhythm, partially yeah. because he wasn't getting to the free throw line with the same regularity he was last night. And I feel like there wasn't just a lot of calls necessarily made for him Uh from a team standpoint, you know, he's a kind of an ISO player, but last night there was a lot of Carl Anthony towns allowing himself to do what he's doing. Then he'd pass uh, Ed, to a cutting Edwards or, you know, when he was wide open behind the three. And I mean, that's kind of reflected in the fact that Carl Anthony towns who had those eight assists or nine assists last night only had one tonight. So, you know, the yeah. Suns. I don't know if the, the Timberwolves, uh, it, the Suns adjusted to them defensively, or they it felt like more of the Timberwolves just showed why they're the worst team in the NBA. They just can't knock down a lot of shots. Last night they got hot and they was uh, at the right time for them. You know, the Suns had a 15 point lead in the third quarter and a nine point lead in the fourth quarter, and they went cold. And that's right when they got hot and they ultimately won the game. So, you know, again, I think that this team is they're fun to watch. You know, I like the Wolves. Uh, the jerseys were a lot nicer tonight, you know, yeah, so I don't, I'm not going to ask you the jersey. Right? Yeah. Easier yeah, on yeah. the eyes tonight, <laughs> you know, but they're, they're uh, a team that I, I like to watch uh, until D'Angelo Russell's in there. Then everything's just kind of discombobulated. Yeah. It's interesting what they're going to do in the future. I'm excited. Even though they play in the West, it's nice how everything's kind of spread around. All these teams have like their one star or their grooming star that they're just grooming and not like R Kelly grooming, but just <laughs> grooming to where they can take over the franchise, earn money the legal way. That's that's a great way to put it. Uh, non R. Kelly way. A little bit of poop poo, a little bit of that peep beep. A lot of poop talk tonight. Never know what's yeah. gonna happen. Yeah, welcome <laughs> to Sun's jam session where it's all dick and fart jokes. <laughs> uh Mikhail Bridges, seven for nine from the field for a total of 17 yeah. points, six rebounds, three assists. And he did the most the majority of his damage in that second half. He had seven first half points, ten uh, second half points. And like I mentioned earlier, he was a part of that unit with Langston Galloway and Cameron Payne at the guard position at the beginning of the fourth quarter. Mikhail Bridges is the one who thrived in that opportunity. He played a total of 35 minutes, which led the Phoenix Suns tonight outside of Booker's 36. And he was a plus 14 tonight. So another solid performance for Bridges yeah. where in the first half, he didn't look like he was necessarily – uh, part of the game plan, and that's typical for Bridges. He isn't. He's like Marion, kind of. Marion was never part of the offensive game plan. Still put up a, a fantastic box score. Obviously, Bridges isn't anywhere near that level. But uh, uh, just another solid 
game from him. And, you know, you mentioned a little bit earlier with DeAndre Ayton, how he's continuing to learn just like Bridges is continuing to learn. And there's different expectations and things of that nature and how it seems like DA doesn't necessarily grasp things, whereas Mikael Bridges does. And I think tonight's a good example of that. And these last two games have been a good example of that. It's like he just continues to grow, man. It's just God, I love Mikael Bridges. He knows his spots on the floor now. He knows mm-hmm. exactly what to do. He's not throwing up garbage like he used to. Like he just knows what to do with the ball. And like tonight was a quiet game until the fourth where he came alive with the big three and then the dunk after the steal from uh some other player on the Suns. <laughs> and then it led to a dunk from Mikael Bridges. That was just, you know, the tipping point of the offense really just taking over the game. And he was a big help when in that in that way. I just think that Mikael right now we say he's building on everything and he he's continued to add more to his game and it's, it's completely true, but he already has like a base, right? I mean, he has mm-hmm. his three pointer, the corner shot, which is really fantastic from, and then he also has like the little drive, the little uh, fade away in the paint. That's fantastic to have. So he knows what he can do right now that will give the Suns the best opportunity to score. And he continues to do that. So like you said, like there's not a lot of plays called for him, but he's going to, he's going to be there when needed. And that's the one thing, the consistency, that will go into next year. That's the one thing year four where he'll just be consistent. He'll be like a Devin Booker. You know, he's going to put up the same kind of stats, the same kind of like attitude. Everything will be there next year for him to be consistent. So this year he's getting there. He really is. And it's really impressive. Yeah, I absolutely love him. And I really think that uh, he's going to garner a big contract when it comes down to it. You know, I don't know if it's going to be 25 million, but he's probably a 20 million a a year player. And this offseason, that's going to be kind of the big decision that we'll be talking about on the Jam Session podcast. And all Suns fans will be talking about after whatever happens in the playoffs is okay. Now you have to decide who to pay. And that's one thing, you know, again, I was, you know, we, we talk about all this, these areas of opportunity and should the Suns beat the Wolves and we lost last night and all this stuff. You know, it's like if you just take a step back and you look at this 27 and 13 squad, look at how it's constructed. OK, three of the starting five are guys who you drafted. OK, Devin Booker, uh, Mikhail Bridges, DeAndre Ayton. Then you have Chris Paul, a, a Hall of Fame point guard playing for you. And then your your four is either Jay Crowder, a seasoned veteran who's been in the playoffs every year except his first year as a pro. Uh, Frank Kaminsky, who uh, is Frank Kaminsky. I don't have much to say there. Or if Cam Johnson gets a start, you know, it's another guy you drafted. So, you know, to think where we were just three years ago to where we are now we sh- don't get all bent out of shape because DeAndre Ayton didn't dunk the ball. Don't get all bent out of shape because we had an off night and we turned the ball over 22 times and we fouled the opposition 30 times and we ended up with a five-point loss. You know, it's like this is the NBA. Anybody can beat anybody on any night and we're still a, a good team. And, and you know, you mentioned at the top of the pod, Matthew, and kudos to you for saying it. You know, there's still a lot of growing and a lot of learning to do for this team. And this is part of the journey. This is the fun part. This is why you and I do this podcast because it's fun to watch this team and go, hey, look at Mikhail. Like, he, I see him growing. He, he's getting to his spots. He knows where to go on the fast break. He knows when to cut and he's realizing how long he is so it's like if he just gets there and his teammates are realizing how long he is like that pass that Langston Galloway threw to him was fantastic because it's like only Mikhail Ridges could have got that because that was like a low and away slider. And because he's so go, go gadget armsy, he can grab it and dunk it on the same play. It's like it's just so much fun, man. Yeah, and then I'm the guy to say it's okay to, you know, criticize the Suns and be all over them because, you know, Coach Monty is doing it. Even like two press conferences ago, he's talking about we expect more from DA. So if that's still going on, he's expecting more from these players like we should as well because they are actually having the opportunity to have one of the best seasons in Phoenix Suns history. 
this season. So to build on that and just complete the season in a good way, I mean, the best way would be a championship, but a, a good way to go into next season and just being the best that they can be. I mean, it's something that we expect out of this team now, right? So it's okay, to, I think, to be upset because we do expect what we see greatness. Like when we saw DeAndre Ayton play those four games that were fantastic, mm-hmm. and then we expect that for forever because we've seen this team play in all cylinders like 100%. So that's what we expect now from every, every, every night, every game. I just, I can't just wait that. until they put it all together for like one full game because we've seen it in spurts. We've seen it in like a half or like yeah. you know a quarter where you're like oh man this is the Phoenix Suns now like this is fun and yeah. th- actually a couple of those games we lost early in the seasons we were getting our butts kicked or, or we were kicking butt is when we gave up you know big leads to I think Sacramento might have been a game and I know that Detroit was another one where you're just like well what happened we were playing so well and it's like we almost get too laxed as a, as a team and you know the Suns will always make you pay for feeling lax at any time and you know that we were actually a really, really good team when like Chris Vernon was talking about how he he's a, he's a reporter. I, I don't know if he still does reporting for the Memphis Grizzlies, but he's like at every game. Yeah, but when yeah. he's texting his buddy and he's saying he's watching the Suns like live in person and he's saying this team's going to be a bitch in the playoffs to ever close out, you know you're good. Because when these, when these media guys are watching teams on the sideline, you get the full experience and they know basketball at its fullest. When they start making comments like that, you know, your team's that good and you know what is expected out of them every night, man. The one disadvantage of working right now is I haven't listened to like any podcast all week. It's like, it's like work, come home, watch sun's game, write about sun's game. Cause I just, yeah, uh, I, I did. The well, you game. can't, at your, you can't at your job, right? You can't walk around with the, the iPod on, right? Yeah, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just too busy. I'm just way too busy. It's spring break. So it's just, yeah. it's bonkers everywhere. So it's like, I haven't listened to any podcasts. Uh, we actually have our They're fantasy awesome. baseball draft. I don't know if you're, you know, this on Monday, Yeah, is that's it this, this Monday, not, the, key, no, the keeper it's the league. Next Monday. Nope. We have two. We have one this Monday, one the next Monday. The big money league is two, is two weeks I out. I am screwed. We have three days until the keeper league. Who are you keeping? Already put them in there. Who do you got? I don't remember their names. Oh my god, I could probably look it up. Johnny I, Soto. I, I'm just Johnny so, Juan Soto. You have Juan Soto. I'm keeping Bieber and Ramirez. But anyways, that's on yeah. Monday. So, so like this weekend, I got like prep for the draft. So, anyways, uh, I digress. Jam star of the game. If you're watching along live with us, Jamsters, go ahead and do me a couple favors. One, let us know who your jam star of the game is. And two, make sure you subscribe, rate, review, hit that thumbs up button if you're watching on YouTube and subscribe because we're ever so close to 900 subscribers. All right, Matthew, who do you have as your jam star of the game in this victory over the Minnesota Timberwolves? I'm going to give it to uh, Chris Paul and Langston Galloway. It's a tough one because I kept I kept seeing in the chat Galloway should get it, and it's totally true. I think he's earned it tonight because he got the minutes. He proved it that it, he proved to the Suns he should be playing more than ten minutes a game, and he should be playing every game. All right, there shouldn't be an argument. F analytics. This guy needs to be in the lineup. I think he's earned it, so I'm going to give it to him and Chris Paul just because Chris Paul did his thing in the third quarter to help the Suns lock this one up, and that's why we got Chris Paul on this team. Whenever he has an off night, we might struggle to win, but when he gets it going, except for that one game against Brooklyn. <laughs> that one yeah. that was insane where we actually lost that game usually yeah. we're, gonna, we're gonna win these games yeah i mean I, as i was watching i was thinking the same thing it's like okay is it is it langston is it cp3 uh is it the yeah. bench squad just all together the way that they kind of stabilized the starters and helped them out uh you look in the chat gary pickney says langston you have alex kroll says langston uh Kanye says monty and you know i mean he 
potentially I, like the one thing I, I want to see his presser after this game. Uh, Coda Kid says Gallo's the jam star. Los Suns says Galloway. Uh, let's see. Jones and since 80 says CP3 cooked uh, Carlton Towns on every s- switch. So he's the jam star, yeah. which is a great point. Uh, Rubio is what Pedro said. Ah, Papa Ricky. Yes, Suns fans. Uh, CP3 is who Code gives it to. We also have, let's see, CP3 is MB- MVP from CJ Sandoval. CP3 from Jay Pizzle. Jam Stars from Mario Lopez says Payne, Galloway, Mikhail, Crowder, and Frank. So he's saying that unit that started the fourth quarter, those are the Jam Stars. That's a really good call right there. I might actually agree mm-hmm. with that. Um, but you said Langston, so I'll just give uh, and then one more. I got Nico Kraus says Galloway as well. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and just say CP3 because we yeah. know it's Gallo, but I also want to just give a shout out to CP3 because he really was a stabilizing force. As I mentioned, the, the Minnesota Timberwolves, we're down 10 points entering the second half. They scored 15 points before the Suns scored a point. And that's once, and that could be essentially the, the impact of DeAndre Ayton. DeAndre Ayton goes out of the game, boom, it's a negative 15 for everybody else outside of him. And then CP3 just starts to stabilize the offense. He comes down, he hits a mid range jumper, he's got a three, he's starting to pass the ball. 11 of the 19 points that the Suns scored uh, in that quarter were from Chris Paul. And then you look at the fourth quarter after him and Devin Booker both get a five-minute respite. He comes in and hits a three. And then he starts orchestrating the offense. And I see him coaching in the timeouts on guys and what where they need to be. And again, his leadership is just something that's so vital. You know, we talk about it a lot on this podcast. We don't give Devin Booker and uh, Chris Paul enough credit. And we're always looking at the role players around them. I'm giving one of our all-stars the credit tonight. And I'm going to go ahead and give him the jam star of the game. Oh man, he's earned it. And like he just slowed the game night down tonight too. Like basically just, you know, just let's take this easy, guys. We're playing the Wolves. Let's just get this over with, all right? Yep. Yeah. So that's my jam star of the game for this one. Guess what? All right. So we asked this last night. Who wins this game? The Suns or the Wolves? Matthew, we both got this right. We both mm, said the Suns. Did. That puts me at 15 and 10 on the season. You are now at 17 and eight. So I'm almost two games legal behind you. Almost legal. You're almost at that 18 and I'm, I can almost drive. All right. If we're going to go that <laughs> route. So uh, obviously the next game is this upcoming Sunday against the Los Angeles Lakers. The last game of a five game yep. homestand for the Phoenix suns. Big game. Uh, let's go through a couple over unders and more or more or less kind of things. Uh, who has more assists in this game? CP3 or LeBron James? I'm going to go CP3. I think he shows up in this game over LeBron. I think okay. he does. Takes that I'll MVP pick, away from him. I'll pick your boy. <laughs> you love you love LeBron. LeBron's going to have to orchestrate that I offense, do. so I'm going to say him. Uh, okay. Over-unders total points for the Suns, 121.5. Under. Slow game. Two old guys. Well, not old. They're our <laughs> age. Going at it, you know. They're trying to get the one against each other. Buddies. They're pals. So uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a slow game, I think under okay okay i'm gonna i was gonna say the same thing it's gonna be under it'll be like you know the suns win 107 to 103 or something yeah uh, on that note who wins suns or lakers so so, gonna, so tell me tell me about yeah. this game tell me what you're excited about tell me what we're looking at here before so, you tell me who's gonna who's gonna win this is like a low-key game for mvp race i honestly i brought this up like a couple weeks ago cp3 maybe you know he can like earn his way into a mention for mvp but 
the way the Suns are playing, the way they play as well as the CP3 plays now, it's it's a big deal. LeBron, I said that he was out of the race. I really did. But he's actually played way better after All-Star break. He's winning with Anthony without Anthony Davis. So what I'm looking for in this game is how do you slow down LeBron? Oh, you, you don't. You put McHill on him and you try your, your darndest, all right? It's yeah. the guys around him. How is the coverage? How is the switching going to help the Suns on defense to get to these guys that are going to be open from three? Uh, rest in peace, Jared Dudley won't be in this game. Yeah. He's injured. He's out. But uh, the the rest of the team, I mean, if they can get good coverage, they can swarm these guys quick, they, they'll have a chance against the Lakers. It's just whether or not they're going to do that. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, you know, they're still without Anthony Davis. He's not back yet out with the Achilles yeah. injury. Uh, Marcus Gasol is currently day-to-day with health and safety protocols. So they're definitely going to depleted on the front line. You know, this is a team that the Suns beat by 10 earlier in March. And this is the second game of three games that we play against the Los Angeles Lakers. So it's big, potentially, if it comes down to playoff seating somewhere down the line, if we can win this game, we win the season series against the Lakers. So that's maybe an extra motivation for the Suns if they choose to try to find ways to get motivated to play your rival. Uh, The Lakers are a team that have won their last four games coming out of the all-star break. So they're a team that's starting to fill that rhythm. Uh, They're starting to, I wouldn't say gel necessarily, but they're starting to find out who they are outside of Anthony Davis because they kind of have had a rocky road and the Suns being part of that rocky road that they faced once Anthony Davis went out. They beat the Charlotte Hornets last night and that actually propelled them into the number two overall spot into the Western Conference and the Suns are currently number three. Uh, Before that, they beat the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves, they beat the Warriors, and they beat the Pacers. So, I mean, they're a team that is definitely trending upwards and and you know lebron is going to do that you know he he's somebody who does see the larger picture he sees the playoffs for what they are the regular season is just a ramp up and he's starting to get himself really kind of ramped up after the all-star game to get this team into the position where he thinks it's going to be so don't you think for any one second that this team although they're down anthony davis and marcus all that lebron james isn't going to do anything that he can to try to will this team to victory this will be a dogfight. i agree with you it will be more of a low scoring game it's going to be more of a defensive struggle and it's going to be interesting because we 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 talk about the ability to close out games right these are the kind of games you got to have the ability to close out these are the games where you need da to step up if they got a depleted front line you need da to go out there and you know just give me 15 and and 10 da and i'm happy with that you know give me 45 and 30 (laughs) come on what just don't ask him to do anything, please. I know he's please. a new father. Just... No, I know. it's a two. Okay, just tomorrow night against the Lakers, you got to win, man. And I don't want to hear any Lakers fans Not tomorrow Sunday, night, right? Sunday night, Sunday night. Sorry, back to back to back games. Yeah. <laughs> the triple back to back in the future will happen. Um, I don't know if this is necessarily an MVP race, though. I mean, if anybody on the Suns is going to win the MVP, in my opinion, it'd have to be Booker just due to really? statistics. Yeah, okay. And I get the whole thing. I get the whole Charles yeah. Barkley argument, you know. But I just think in well, this day and age, given the way statistics kind of dominate everything, nobody ever really looks at the true valuable player. They look at the best player. And that's what that award has essentially become. And the best player doesn't always win it. I mean, Giannis Antetokounmpo won it last year. He's the best player in the NBA, in my opinion. Okay. Uh, You know, so I just think that Steve Nash was really kind of the last time you saw somebody win an MVP for truly just being the most valuable player. The guy who went to a team that was playing at subpar levels and accelerated them to the top of the league. When's the last time that happened outside of Steve Nash? Chris Paul this year. <laughs> I hope you're right. That'd be yeah, fantastic. Honestly, I mean, we can talk about stats, but 
you can give it to book, but book is not the reason. I mean, he's a big reason we're winning, but he's not the reason this thing's turned around. It's Chris Paul. So you can look at that. And the media, they love storylines, man. So if you want to give LeBron one last MVP or maybe try to get him two more before he's done, that's a good storyline. But Chris Paul hasn't won anything. He hasn't won the MVP. He hasn't won the championship yet. This, if the Suns can finish over the Lakers in the standings, it's a real. It's going to be a real question. It, it doesn't have to do with what Charles Barkley said. I know he made good points, mm-hmm. but it's just the length of the season and how how much Chris Paul he hasn't taken any nights off. You know what I mean? We expected him. A lot of us expected him to take some nights off. He hasn't. Maybe on the court he's had some off nights of being tired, but he's still there for his team. And if he can get DeAndre Ayton towards the last half of the season playing stellar that is another reason why he might want to a reason he can earn the mvp it could be a legacy award you're right so but the sun's got to win and they got to win games like this so matthew who wins on sunday sun's lakers sun's by 15 i think sun's come out and they it's going to be a slow-paced game but i think the sun's pull away i could just see lebron getting his fifth foul or something stupid and everyone cheering deandre ayton gets his 12th point of the night it's going to be a crazy one (laughs) wild game i'll tell you this i'll tell you this okay i'm two games behind you i have an opportunity potentially as we play the team that's better than us to make up some ground Mm -hmm. so i could pick the lakers here and an opportunity to do so but then i look at the rest of the schedule and i go you know what i might be able to sneak one away from you there there's no way i can predict the lakers to win this game suns are going to win by a total of four points it's going to be 107 to 103 you heard it here first right out there yeah suns jam session podcast i'm calling it 107 103 (laughs) suns win i work with a bunch of lakers fans and i'll tell you what it was really fun beating them last time, and I, you know, I knew that one of the guys came in at one thirty. So I hit on the radio at one thirty. I'm like, "Hey, Marvin, where are you at?" And he's like, "He just goes, damn it, on the radio." <laughs> and then, and then, and then I hear nothing, and I hear, "Yeah, you didn't have Anthony Davis." And I'm like, "Good excuse. All you have is our excuses. You still got to play yeah, the team in front exactly. of you." Exactly. So. <laughs> Let's go, son. Let's go, son. Yeah, Let's beat those Lakers. Uh, we're looking forward to hanging out with the Jamsters on Sunday night after a Suns victory, baby. Yeah, we are, and it's it's gonna happen. All right, we're gonna be cheersing on a Sunday night. No more, no Sunday night blues. Just a bunch of good vibes. Heck yeah, and I don't work Monday, so let's make it a good time. All right, all right. Is there anything? Did you do a bracket this year? No, I, I stayed out of it. I'm not even gonna watch any college basketball. Really, I'm I'm gonna watch a lot of highlights, but I'm not. I don't think I'm gonna watch any games. So I filled one out. I have watched zero college basketball, and here's one of the reasons why. The Suns aren't going to have a lottery pick this year. I don't have to care about college basketball this year. It's fantastic. It's a weird season. Duke's like not even in the tournament. Like North Carolina, I guess, lost today. Um, it just whatever. So I did fill out a bracket because I do it every year. I have Illinois winning the whole thing because that's where Eddie Johnson went. I'm like, I'm going to stick with Matthew's dad. He went to the University of Illinois. That's why I pick him to win it all. I literally watched my first like six minutes of basketball today. I heard Ohio State lost and they were number yeah. two seed. And so they lost to a 15 seed. And I was like, oh, shit. I had them in like my elite eight losing to Purdue, Ohio. And then oh, Purdue lost. <laughs> so my, <laughs> my whole like one one side of my whole bracket is just like red. I'm like, yeah, good. I didn't watch it, nor do I care. So if yeah. the <laughs> Illinois wins, I have a shot of winning like 300 bucks. If they don't, oh, well, I lost 10. So, yeah. Uh, but in hindsight, <laughs> I was like, you know what? We should have done a Suns jam session like bracket thing. We think I'm a bobber. And we're sorry we that we uh, we failed you, Jamsters. We're better than that. Um, we have a fantasy basketball league that I haven't adjusted my lineup in, in a long time. <laughs> 
uh, we're just we're just bad people, and for that we apologize. It's a weird year, man. It is fantasy basketball. There's weird injuries, COVID. You can't really count this year. Next year it's going to be fully. We're going to have gift cards to give out and all that stuff. Right? Yes, yes, and merchandise, Outback steakhouse. You know, hats 15 like bucks this. Fifteen bucks out, steakhouse. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say, as two guys who run a fantasy basketball league, for our listeners, we are like the DeAndre Ayton of fantasy basketball commissioners. Trade us away. Trade us. Send us off so you can get Carl Anthony Towns. S- send DeAndre Ayton to Minnesota. Uh, a guy who makes like $9 million for a guy who makes like $27 million. Like, good call. That makes, it makes sense. sense. All right. <laughs> and speaking of making sense, uh, I said we were going to keep this short before we got on here, and we're just about to hit an hour. So this is a reminder to You're everybody to, that. <laughs> to subscribe <laughs> to the Bright Side of the Sun podcast network wherever you get your podcasts uh, on Apple. Go ahead and give us some reviews. If you're watching along live with us on YouTube, thank you. Please subscribe, hit the thumbs up button. We appreciate it. it helps with the algorithms. Let's other Suns fans know if they want to come and hang out with some buddies at the end of the game. This is the place to be the Suns Jam Session podcast. You can follow the show at Suns Jam on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew on Twitter at Matthew Lucy. And that's it for this game and this night. We'll see you on Sunday night, Suns fans. Yes, everybody. My face does get shinier as the pod goes. Everyone go home and love your family. It's because you're sweating. <laughs>